yelling? Why are you chasing us down like criminals? We've done absolutely nothing wrong here. One thing for sure is I don't speak whistle. We just wanted to give Sean a letter. Tell us why not. Moon Podcast Escalation. everyone, my name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is Sailor Business. It's the podcast where we sit down with a friend each and every week to talk about the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime and talk about why Mimet is so weird. <laughs> True. Uh, she's a huge weirdo. I don't know if you guys know this. A little bit. But yes, we are going to be talking today about uh, an episode that I forgot to pull up on Hulu. So I nice. don't have the I don't have the the Crystal. title. Higher and stronger, a cheer from Usagi. That's the one. See, I can't just go look up the title because if I go look up the title, I'll see the American one, and then one of our famous bits is uh no longer available to us. That's true. That's true. And it's But to help us talk about this episode, we have someone who requested it long ago, uh, back when we were first booking uh, Sailor Moon S. Vanessa Leslie is back. Vanessa, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back. You, you requested this episode specifically? No, the next one is the one I really wanted. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. good. That makes, that makes much more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Although I didn't realize this one was so wackadoodles. So I'm very happy with it as well. <laughs> yeah, these are a couple of supremely bizarre episodes which i love i am here for the death busters being just a bunch of weirdos i'm very excited about it <laughs> but vanessa obviously if people want to learn more about you and your history with sailor moon they can go back to episodes 81 and 82 where you joined us for the first time hey everybody jake here i just want to cut in to let you know that there are some pretty major audio issues with the first part of this episode uh, vanessa's track disappeared now, later in the episode, it's fine, but for now and for a little bit here in the beginning, it's, well, let's just say it's going to be a very condensed version of the opening to the episode. Well, uh, Vanessa, we are pleased as punch to have you back for these episodes uh, where things are, are just going to get weird. Uh, it's good. It's going to be good. But before we get into that, I think we've got a little bit of Sailor Business business to take <gasps> care of. Do we? Oh my. Yeah. We actually, Jordan, we have one of the, we have the answer to one of the great questions of Sailor Moon S. Uh, I, I can't wait to hear it. We now know, hashtag who is Michael. Oh, who is Michael? We were told by, uh, by Twitter user Joe Hill of Earth 2 uh, that I was correct. And it's a reference to Michael Jackson, uh, because Ray's voice actress was a huge fan. So it was a real inside joke. It was like a deep cut yeah. inside joke. It's, it's, it's such an inside joke that it's very weird that we know the answer. <laughs> okay. But yeah, uh, that is, we, we now have uh, the answer to who is Michael. 
I, I'm trying to think of any other unanswered questions we've had, but uh, I think that's the only one we're going to get the definitive answer to right now. Do we have any other sailor business business, Jordan? Um, not that I'm aware of. I think we're good. Okay. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, everybody who was an existing $15 backer, you should all have your pins from the uh, the Patreon at the $15 level. So hopefully you've all got those. Uh, if you if you go to a convention, uh, tack one onto your to your shirt, your jacket, your Sailor Moon costume uh, to see if you can find some other Sailor business fans and and make friends. I don't know. That sounds fun, right? Making friends. Friends are friendship is magic, from what I hear, and um, <laughs> that is that is something we hear. <laughs> and also, uh, you know, Sailor Sailor Moon and friendship go hand in hand, like you know, friends. Just like just like a just like a <laughs> pair of friendly cousins. <laughs> oh no. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Wow, I I think we're ready to go into the episode. That's crazy, aren't we? That's madness. This week, we're going to be watching, as Jordan said, uh, episode 117 of Sailor Moon S, which is called Higher and Stronger, A Cheer for Musagi. Uh, Jordan, did this episode air in North America? It sure did, of course. So it has a Cloverway title. Yes. And let me just tell you, there is no possible way. If I gave you 400 guesses, you would not guess the name of this episode. (laughs) Okay, can you give me a hint? Uh, no, <laughs> not a good one. Uh, it's uh, here. I'll give you a hint that won't help at all, but it's a big hint. Uh, it's a, an alliterative title that uses the letter H to alliterate, but that's not going to give you anything because it has okay. nothing to do with anything. Well, is is Hotaru's name in the title? Nope. Okay. Well, then, yeah, I think I'm have having. Hella fun. <laughs> no. It's actually heightened hazard. Ugh. Yeah. What? What? I have no idea why they called it that. I mean, why would you not just call this episode like three cheers for Hotaru or <laughs> or like or like run run or like running around. Running around. Good title. <laughs> Tra- track and field like Duh. no you could just call this episode sports with an exclamation point oh like a huey lewis record like the huey lewis record yeah you Terrific. got it you, you, it you picked up what i was laying down love it jordan <laughs> it's a good album well i think there's one thing that we all know at least even if the title doesn't tell us it's that athletes have their own concerns what <laughs> That's what that's what Sailor Moon says in the teaser, which I thought was very funny. Uh, that is pretty good. Uh, so we open this week's episode with I'm going to say two super weird openings. Uh, firstly, we have uh, Mamoru's beautifully angular face just floating <laughs> in space, explaining the uh, outer senshi to us. Yeah, which is nice. It, it feels like something that should be in every episode almost but it's just in this one yeah yeah it is it is kind of like someone was like hey we've got two minutes like we're two minutes short in this episode could we maybe do an intro where you explain what is happening in this show in my notes i wrote origin of x-force yes it is here's here's the thing that i liked about this sequence they keep talking about the winds of uranus it's not us (laughs) 
No, it's true. They keep talking, and I'm going to laugh at it every time. When a wind blows on Uranus, she is there. Yeah, Uranus is the planet of wind, according to this. <laughs> Neptune, of course, planet of seas. Pluto, planet of death. See, or now, planet of the underworld, I guess is what, what but, he says. What? Okay, hold on. Now, two things, a couple things about this. First of all, the way they phrase that uh, when they go through that list, they phrase it really weird. Because they keep saying... That the Sailor Scout is protected by the planet. They go, protected by Uranus, planet of wind, is Sailor Uranus. Protected by Neptune, planet of the seas. And I'm like, shouldn't it be the other way around? Shouldn't it be the planet is protected by the Scout? No, because I I think that's right. Because I think they do draw their power from the planet, right? Uh, Right, right, like, uh, like, uh, like Venus when she flew to her palace flying over Venus. Well... I mean, yeah, but I was specifically thinking about how, like, you know, like, Mars is red, so, like, it, it's it's the planet of fire, so that's why Ray has fire powers? No, right, I get all of that. I don't think that when Sailor Mars is in trouble, the planet Mars helps her out. Yeah, but it's, but it's like, it's like, it's where they're drawing their power from, okay. so, Jordan, that's what it is. It says protected by, but all right. They are protected by the power of the planet. They, they they draw their power, and that is what protects them in their battle against evil. Like I mean, look, it's very weird because they also talk about how they protect the Earth. Gotcha. So they are protected by the winds of Uranus, but are also protecting Earth. Um, okay. Now, second thing, I, I think we talked about this briefly, but I keep thinking about it because they mentioned it again. Saturn, the god. Mm-hmm. What is the god Saturn about? Uh, well, Saturn was a titan. He was a titan. Uh, also known, I believe, as Cronus. But he's also uh, a god. It says he's well, a god. I, I mean, the, the titans were gods. Okay, yeah. Right, but right. They, were, they were before the gods. And you said Cronus. Is that the god of time? Uh, let's see. Saturn uh, was a god in the ancient Roman religion. Uh, multiple associations uh, with a long history. Yeah, he's, uh, he's the father of, of Jupiter and Neptune okay. and Pluto. Uh, along with other gods, Juno, Ceres, and Vesta. And his Greek equivalent is Cronus. Because, I'll tell you, I just, every time they t- they get more specific, and they're like, well, this, you know, our character who is, like, super fast and runs and can drive a car <laughs> really well is the, is the wind planet. And the one who, like, you know, has water powers is the water planet. And then the time one is the guy from the underworld and death. And I'm like, shouldn't the death scout be Pluto? Shouldn't? And then I don't, I was like trying to figure out, would time fit Saturn better? And I'm not 100% sure on that one. I mean, I I don't, I honestly do not know. Pluto does use dead scream as her uh as her attack which is yeah, pretty but that's that's some some death stuff that's true but her main thing is time by which i mean she's the guardian of the time stream like before she used dead stream the only thing we knew about her was time stuff it's my favorite power ranger series is power rangers time stuff <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, saturn is also the one who uh devoured his children famously uh, really? The very famous painting, Saturn Devouring His Young. Oh. Look, it it doesn't really hold up. <laughs> it does not hold up as well as you think. All right. All right. 
just checking. Kronos is uh, not uh, is unrelated to Kronos, the personification okay. of time. So gotcha. so keep that in mind. So yeah, we're we're getting like a weird little crash course that only raises more questions. And then <laughs> we get uh, the title of the episode, and we move from there into more discussion of the Outer Scouts and how they work. Yes, because it turns out. That wasn't just an uh, an origin of X Force for us. That was Darian narrating that to uh, the Scouts, to the Inner Scouts, to explain how different the Outer Scouts are from them. Yeah, and it's at this point that uh, that Makoto uh, talks about how uh, they have been granted more power than us, which is kind of weird. What with what we know about Sailor Moon. <laughs> With what we know about the uh, massive world-controlling power that Sailor Moon has, uh, Sailor will Moon has. can alter will reality have. at will. Oh, that's that's true. Silver crystal, yeah, yeah, yeah. She has the silver crystal. She is the god queen of the future. Uh, but you know, Uranus has a sword, so it's a real it's a real toss-up there. So the scouts start lamenting how 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 they don't like them and stuff. Uh, in the dub, Amy says. They act like we've got the plague and they don't want to catch it. You know, she is. She's probably reading her medical histories. <laughs> and then we get a pretty adorable scene of Artemis bawling his eyes out because they want to fight the enemy without without them. Uh, because the, the, ex, the inner centuries or the outer centuries want to fight without them. And then uh, we get Artemis blowing his nose on uh, Mina's hanky, which is pretty adorable. Hey everybody! Hi. Uh, here's here's a fun thing that just happened. Uh, we had some technical difficulties, and so we started a new recording. Uh, and then once we were done with an entire episode, which was seventy five minutes of recording, uh, we found out that Vanessa's track was three minutes long, and so we're back again to do the entire episode a second time. Oh my god, we're back again. So if we don't sound as spontaneous or happy or fun or not wanting to not do this show again, uh, that's why. I offered to do the episode as my cat to keep things spontaneous, but Chris said no. You can't see me, but I'm acting sorry. Aww. Yeah, I hope, I hope you're you're leaning real hard. Oh, so it's not hard. her fault. Maybe we'll maybe we'll release the uh, maybe that'll be Patreon bonus content. We'll release the just Jordan and Chris talking to thin <laughs> air uh, version of episode one seventeen. And then you know what? People can edit themselves in and pretend there they, they were on an episode. Oh, that's a, that's a <laughs> make great it a contest. Idea. The person that has the best responses for those periods of silence wins. <laughs> The silence Sorry, is coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, what what you guys missed was an important part of me talking about how my cats blow their nose, which is they just walk around the house going <laughs> like that. Is that is that really yes. an important thing that we had the to have most back important on this thing we talked to, about, Jordan? <laughs> okay, now originally I did an ASMR joke there, but oh. I'm not going to do it again. We're going to do something new. Oh. We're going to do have all new. What fun. was that? That was my text noise. I did it last time. Actually, I could play it uh, for you guys because I I meant to. Where other sailor business is the uh, Minako when she gets her heart taken out, she does that weird mm. laugh, and yeah. this is uh, the text noise I have for my sister. 
So it's... <laughs> Which, that is her laughing. Wonderful. And whenever it plays in public, people just look at me. Now, there's one thing that we want to talk about before we move on to this, from this scene of cat sneezes and character recaps. Probably more than one thing, but let's hear it. But just the one thing, because this episode might be a little shorter than usual. No, it's no, twice no. For us. We're not going to be lazy. <laughs> Did we, we, we talked about, this is where we were talking about Memory's outfit the yes. first time, right? We have to discuss this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this outfit is very cosplayable, I think. This is uh, good old Memo-chan. He's wearing a teal shirt, like a teal button-down shirt, unbuttoned to his navel, like a real cool guy. Under that, he has a long-sleeve black t-shirt. He's wearing a black jean jacket and black jeans, but the sleeves on his jean jacket are rolled up. And you know what? What I didn't think about before is, I guess the sleeves, either the sleeves of his teal shirt are also rolled up or it's a short sleeve te- teal shirt because we don't see the teal sleeves oh you're I right think he's i think he's rocking a long and short i think that's a short sleeve teal shirt and he's and he's wearing white shoes it looks like with this no. outfit yeah yeah he's wearing like white white reeboks wow he is a cool guy he's so cool i'm kind of surprised the jeans aren't acid washed they gotta be they're gonna be that chris black what chris black jeans <laughs> They say a thing, a thing that I don't understand, that me and Devin were like, what does that even mean? That okay. the outer senshi want a different world than they do. What? What? Do they say that? Uh, twice. Well, I guess I guess they want a different world, Jordan. Memoro's like, I, ha- I always get the feeling that the world they want, and then it cuts to Haruka going, it's not the same world as you want. And then, her- and then Yusagi's like, they want a different world. They They sure do. The TV show, A Different World. Mm, probably not. No? Probably not. So yeah, I'm glad to know that Memory's outfit is the weirdest thing we're going to be seeing in this episode. Oh, wait! So we cut now uh, <laughs> to the basement laboratory of the Witches 4. This is where they do all their science. You know, this is where they make their monsters. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they don't make out. monsters. That's that's Tomoe does that. Well, I mean, that's like, I'm pretty sure the monster Easy Bake Oven is down here somewhere. I guess. It's where they choose targets, for sure. Yeah, it's where they do their science. Okay. I'm sure they have a creepy crawler machine in there somewhere. <laughs> it's where they have their lockers where they leave mean, threatening notes to their co-workers. And tacks and slippers. Oh, the tax and the slippers. That's like the most horrible thing that's ever happened on the show. That's too real. Way too real. Have you ever stepped on a tack and actually had it go in your foot? Yeah. Yeah. That Ouch. is like the most painful thing. Although once I'm I'm diabetic, so I was giving my injection and I fumbled it and dropped it and it landed right in my foot. Ah! Yeah, that was not very fun either. Uh, so what kind of science is going on today? Well... Game theory. <laughs> Time for some game theory. Mimet and the other witches four are playing Twister. Just, you know, just these these lovely young ladies in lab coats just getting some Twister in on their lunch break, maybe? Have you not played Twister at your place of employment? Chris is a freelancer. So. Yeah, I'm a freelancer. I can I, I can play Twister all day long if I want. By and, yourself. And use it as a tax write-off, so... <laughs> You can't play Twister by yourself, dude. You can. Well, okay, sure, but it's not as good. I mean, or maybe it is. You clearly never played Twister by yourself, so you don't know, <laughs> do you? You're right. 
Yeah, you tried to be a you tried to be a real cool guy. Damn it. And and now everyone knows. So yeah, Mimet's playing Twister with uh one of the other witches four. There's two like okay, here's the weirdest thing. There's two of them sitting on the sideline. Actually, that's not the weirdest thing. <laughs> There's like 27 weirdest things about this. Yeah. Two of them are sitting on the sidelines. Only one of them is like spinning the board. And this is a slightly modified uh let's not get a cease and desist from Milton Bradley. Uh, game of twister because not only are the it doesn't make sense well the uh the board what do you call it? the mat i guess sure. mat. the twister mat is numbered so in addition to like right hand red left foot blue you would have like left foot blue four or uh in mamet's case she gets right foot blue th- or right foot red three uh, which means she has to go to a very specific place except there is no red three on this map. I mean, there's not one we can see. <sighs> Maybe there's one under her. Maybe. Because here's the other thing. We've seen the other witches a little bit. But this time, they are in a room where everyone is in shadow except Mehmet. And if that doesn't sound weird... Consider that she is playing Twister with another person who is directly above her, like laying across her body at this time. I mean, maybe they have a spotlight. No, 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 because in the room that we can't it would have see. to be. There's also light coming from underneath. Oh, true. This it's other not just person. Her face, it's her right whole body. Yeah, yeah. What what it is is because it's less of an actual light. It's more of like. She's, like, highlighted. She's, like, a video game character who has been selected. Like, she's well, glowing, and everyone else no, is Jordan, faded she's out. like a cartoon character that they have drawn. Well, okay. <laughs> And everyone else is drawn <laughs> with darker ink. Fair like, enough. If you, if you really want to get into it. And the reason this is so weird is that Mehmet's on the, in, in the middle of the board, uh, the mat, doing a, uh, basically a back bridge, right? Like, she's got her, her hands down behind her. She's facing up. Uh, she's, like, doing, like, a, like a crab walk. Um, and the other lady that she is playing against, we, we identified her in the old recording. Uh, Tulo, is that one of them? I don't remember. I don't know if that's the first or second one. Uh, well, you can, you can see their hair and that's it. Let's see. Telu. Telu is who it is. Telu is basically doing down dog, like, across her. So they are, like, very, they're in contact. Uh, so Mehmet gets right foot three. And then we get, I mean, it's so hard to figure out the weirdest scene in this episode, but no. it's like, it's, it, it has become very clear over the course of watching this episode three times in the past 24 hours that uh, they had a lot of time to fill. They had a 15 minute story that needed to get to 20. So we get a solid minute of Mehmet just going, and believing in herself, inspired by this handsome, rhombus-eyed uh, track star named Hayase, who is her latest target. And she, her, her leg, she, she's wearing, we should mention, she is wearing heels. She's playing Twister in heels. And her leg, like, shoots up in the air, but then, like, she keeps going up and down at the knee. Up and down, up and down, up and down. And the the episode just freaks out about it. The episode just spazzes out because, like, she's doing that. Uh, It keeps zooming in and out on uh, Hayase, the the athlete. Then, cut to, it keeps zooming in and out 
to Professor Tomoe, who is creepily leering halfway through the partially open door. He's with peeping. A, he's, he's peeping. 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 The door is slightly ajar, and he's just kind of leaning around, and all we see is his glowing eye and his smile. The smile is what makes it so gross-looking. Like, he does that smile all the time, so... It doesn't mean he's smiling because he's looking up her skirt, but he is looking up her skirt. It's very yes. lecherous. Yes, yes, very. And also it doesn't, like, you know what Professor Tomoe looks like at this point. He looks like Kevin from Sin City. It's not, like, a not creepy look. Yeah. He, like, uh, finally walks in and Mehmet, like, collapses onto the twister mat. Uh, and he says, I'm impressed with your training, Mamet. And the reason he is there is that he has brought them his latest diamond himself instead of waiting for, uh, like, instead of waiting for Mamet to come pick it up from the Easy Bake Oven. Yeah, he says, because uh, I, I heard that you were targeting an athlete, so I made you a diamond. And, well, I guess we'll find out later what he turned into a diamond. But, like, he knows it's an athlete, so probably something super athlete related. Probably something very appropriate for athletics. A high jump. Like a, yeah, like a, you know, maybe some, some a, a, a javelin shoe. A javelin, ooh, a baton. Ooh, hurdle. A hurdle. A hurdle, yes. it could be, yeah. Could be any know. of those things. Totally could be any of those things. A starting pistol, even, would sure. be appropriate. The other thing about this scene is that Tomoe is not surprised to find his uh, staff which is exclusively like uh, beautiful young women in increasingly elaborate uh, dancer costumes are just playing Twister. Uh, yeah. And we had a lot of speculation over whether this was like a requirement of the job, like whether this is like a lunch break thing where the, the, the witches are just having some fun or whether it's in the job interview process. Uh, Tomo is Tomo is like, hey, um. Uh, well, your resume looks great. Uh, as far as what you're going to be doing here at uh, my house, in my extensive basement that is connected to all parts of Tokyo, you're going to be mostly working out of a basement where there are no lights, uh, that's full of mysterious fog. I guess you're probably, like, you just walk past the creepy doll throne, uh, and then that's where you'll you'll see a big metal door that leads into your research laboratory. Uh, also, how flexible are you? Well, why do you ask that? Oh, there's just going to be some light twister. Uh, I'm sorry, the game twister? Yeah, like the, well, it's got numbers, but yeah, like the game twister. Inter and that's, this is science? It's definitely science. Oh, okay. Uh, what, I mean, what's the experiment you're you're running? Um, well, you're mainly going to be trying to rip people's hearts out to feed them to my daughter, because oh. she is the messiah. Right, right, right. right. But, but wait, where does twister factor into this? Mm, well, it's it, you know what it's it's the best way to learn is by doing. So go ahead and pick up your black swan costume and the lab coat that you will wear over no clothing, oh. and I'll take you to the twister room. You can meet UDL. <laughs> She'll teach you everything. She's been here a while. She knows she knows how it works. Yeah, there's also a company car, um, but it currently does not have brakes <laughs> and is at the bottom <laughs> of the ocean. But that's fine because it can drive underwater. So we cut from. The laboratory. No, 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 no. Slash Twister. No, 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 no. You didn't tell about how the scene ends, did you? How does... Well, Tomoe gives her the diamond. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because here's here's the really creepy part. Mimet leaves, and then Tomoe turns to these other three uh, lovely dancer scientist ladies and goes, All right, 
time for us to play some Twister, which is infinitely creepier than him just watching. Actually, is it is it creepier for him to join in or watch? You know it, what? I don't want to think about it anymore. Let's move on. So we do. We move upstairs to Hotaru's room in the same building, and she's got the exact same magazine that Mehmet had, and she is swooning over the exact same athlete. Why is she doing that? Um, well, oh, for, I do also want to mention, speaking of weird lighting effects uh, in this house and the properties of light in this house, her room, because she is a emo goth kid, her room has unique qualities where she can literally have 27 lamps on and yet the darkness swallows every particle of light. Well, I wonder it, if part of it has to do with because Hotaru means firefly. And if it's oh, does supposed, it? Yeah. And if it's supposed to vaguely look like because i mean that's the only way you really see them is obviously sure. in the dark with the glowing ends no i just i just and that's totally true it's just that that's this isn't how lamps work like unless she has like five watt bulbs in every one of these oh, lamps yeah <laughs> like they should be lighting the room she has dimmer switches on every one her room is lit entirely by the bioluminescence of deep sea fish <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so she is writing a letter and also watching a a video. Uh, she's watching some tapes. We think we have a lot of debate over whether this is actually a TV because it's widescreen. Yeah, how did she get a widescreen this TV? Time going through? This is the nineties, early nineties. Yeah. It's like she's got like a flat screen HD HD TV. So I, I'm honestly not sure what this is supposed to be. So you're saying he, um, her dad, could create all these monsters and amazing weapons and things, but can't create HD, like, DVDs 15 years early. Well, nobody was broadcasting in HD. He was. Okay. <laughs> okay. Tomo TV. She's got some footage of Hayase, and the reason that she is so interested in him is that he is a, a champion athlete. He's setting the Japanese high jump record, uh, but he was also a very sickly child, and Hotaru finds that very inspiring because she is also a very sickly child. Correct. So she's writing this lovely letter, and she's like, oh, I mean, presumably, we assume it's like a, a love letter or some sort of fan letter. Not sure how. It's a fan letter, I think. I don't think it's meant to be romantic, but it's certainly like she, it's, I mean, she blushes a little bit about it, so. Or she's just writing over and over, Mr. and Mrs. Hayase, Mr. and Mr. Hayase. <laughs> That's not a letter. Hotaru Hayase. <laughs> she, it's what all tween girls do at some point. So she's writing this letter, and then all of a sudden, Kaori slides into frame creeping over her shoulder yeah Kaori just slides into her dms uh <laughs> and is like first of all Kaori is dressed for a night at the club she is wearing a a cocktail mini dress with like super deep cut uh backless uh just like like dressed to impress huge earrings huge earrings and is like just being mean to this child for no reason. It's pretty. It's pretty twisted, but hilarious. And and so then she's like, "Oh, get out of my room! Like you're supposed to knock. Like don't I have any privacy." Jesus, uh, kicks Kaori out. Yeah, Hotaru specifically says, "I think there's something wrong with you." She kicks Kaori out, uh, and then goes back to writing her letter, and she finishes it up. 
And she puts it in the envelope and she writes his name on it. And then Kaori pokes her head in again and is just like, oh, what's this guy's name? Oh, look at that. Uh, <laughs> and then creepily backs out of the room. Oh, it's pretty hilarious. This 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 makes Kaori pretty charming to me. Because uh, of the way she tortures a child. Yes, that's why. Yeah, because you, you don't like kids is the recurring theme of this show. I do like kids. Days. I just think they're dumb. But that's part of their charm. <laughs> From there. We move to the Skino household, uh, where Usagi has just gotten home from school and notices there's an extra pair of shoes at the front door, which means they have company. And when she goes into the living room, she finds that Chibiusa and Hotaru are hanging out. But Chibiusa, inhospitable little monster that she is, has not even made tea for Hotaru. Uh, so Usagi really starts laying into her about that. And Chibiusa goes, Ikuko's not home. Uh, which is pretty hilarious because Chibiusa's whole thing is like, yeah, uh, your mom slash our mom is not here and that's mom work and I'm not doing that. <laughs> not actually her mom. In the, in the, in the dub, she does refer to them as our mom and it's like, no, not your mom. That's your grandma. And yeah. she doesn't know that. So don't tell her that either. And that's weird. But they're, they fight like sisters. Yeah. And I, th- I, th- I think you've discussed it before. It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily seem like her parents are around in the future, right? Like the grandparents. Like there was no flashback of them at her birthday party. That's like true. Them in the background being like, "Happy birthday." Good point. Maybe they only came to the first eight hundred birthdays. Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> they start getting like Chibiusa and Usagi get into what is essentially a fist fight. And uh, instead of seeing this, we hear it going on, and there's just a weird static picture of Hotaru with this, like, dead-eyed stare watching this with, like... Like how you would watch something incomprehensibly horrible happening. Like if, like the way I described it earlier is if if the, if your planet was being destroyed in front of you, <laughs> it is that look of horror. It is it is the Death Star is activated. That's no. a cool Star Wars reference, Jordan. I got it. Yeah, good. I got that one. But then she starts smiling and then laughing even because she understands that it is just an affectionate fight, not a serious fight. That they fight because they love each other, not because they hate each other. Right? Uh, nope. What? Totally accurate. They, again, they fight like siblings, even though they're not siblings. Chris, uh, if you ever saw the My Brother, My Brother and Me show. Oh my god. <laughs> now you're stealing bits. What was the other one? I didn't steal another bit. You you stole you stole Kaori slides in. Oh, that well, was she, me. It's she literally did around. slide in. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to steal that from you. <laughs> I've never seen my brother, my brother and me show. I was you should kidding. watch it because this the episode that is uh it's the episode that's available on YouTube as like a sampler because it's on CISO, which is a program you have to pay for. Oh yeah. But um the really fun episode about tarantulas or as they call them ranchos. Uh, there's a a part in the beginning that's my favorite thing that happens on the show is that uh, at one point, one of the brothers, like, kind of plays a prank on the other one, and his response is is violent. And uh, they it cuts from it being about to happen to the three of them standing outside. 
uh, talking about it and talking about how things got weird, but not brother weird, just professionals working in a professional environment weird. Editor's note, don't do a hit. Do e- do either of you have siblings? Uh, I have a sister. Okay. Do you noogie her? No. <laughs> Is she older or younger? She's older. So oh, okay, that's, that's why. why. Does she noogie you? <laughs> uh, she did at there one you go. point. There you go. That's exactly it. See, I, I have siblings. Well, I have a bunch of half siblings, but they're all like a lot younger than me. They're all like at least 10 years younger than me. But I definitely noogied them anyway. Not like a bully, but like in a funny way. I'm sure they thought it was super funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no atomic wedgies. No, no, that's too much. That's too much. Uh, Vanessa, you pointed out earlier that this is very much like someone's awkward reaction to yeah. like going over to a friend's house. It, it, I've definitely been there with like I had my best friend like her dad's are like yelling at her in front of me and I'm just like where do I look what do I do okay I'll just kind of smile because that looks better than weeping at the <laughs> awkwardness of everything so they do get uh Hotaru a little cake and tea uh yeah so they start talking about Hayase and how Hotaru has written him this letter, but, you know, she's obviously feeling a little bit embarrassed. Uh, and purely by coincidence, uh, this is also Mehmet's latest target. So she shows up at the arena. Whoa, wait, whoa, wait, is... wait. You, 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 left, you skipped too much. You, you're, you're skipping too much. You didn't say yet that they're even going there yet. So Yusagi is like... Well, they, they don't talk about it at that scene. Yeah, they do. Do they? Yeah. Okay, well, okay, fine. Usagi says, oh, you wrote this letter, that's awesome. And and she's like, yeah, but I'm not going to send it. And and both Usagis are like, what? Why not? And she goes, yeah, you know, I just, uh, I don't even know his address, so that's why. And they go, well, just go hand it to him in person. We know where he practices, apparently. So let's just walk over there and we'll give it to him. Let's go, right now. And she's like, yeah. And then Hutaro's like, uh, okay. I guess. So uh, Mehmet, purely by coincidence, has shown up at the same arena where it is uh, training day for uh, just for him. Hayase. Just him. Nobody else. He rented out him the whole arena. And three security guards. It's his private racetrack. Yeah. And Mehmet has shown up and is creeping on him through the fence. And I say through the fence, Oof. but I mean <laughs> there is the bare suggestion of a fence involved in this shot. It's horrible. Uh, it's really, it's, it's really weird. They've clearly like drawn Mehmet and then drawn her hand like she is like holding onto a chain link fence and then overlaid the fence on top of the hand because her hand just looks weird behind it. But then the part of the fence that would be around her face is completely gone. Like it just, they just stop drawing the fence at that point. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned, you said it was like Kitty Pride, and it is. Yeah. She's Kitty Priding her way through the face, through the fence. Which is... I mean, again, it's not what's happening, but that's what it looks like. It's so weird. I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I guess the thought was, well, it's like, it's like, you know how, like if a fence is out of focus and you're looking through it, you don't really see it as much, but it's like, it's not out of focus. It's totally in focus. You've just erased it around her face. Yeah. It's very weird. She's watching and she's like, yeah, I'm going to steal your pure heart. And she looks and sees... This this is, I think, the best part of the episode. Yes, by far. Uh, she looks and sees a sign that says, no unauthorized personnel allowed on the grounds. And she tears it down, 
blows her nose on it three times, same shot, three times, and crumples it up. Because that is what happens to things that stand between Mehmet and her goals. And then uh, we pull back, and you've seen this. You have absolutely yes, seen this. everybody. This is a very gifable episode. Because uh, Mehmet sees a security guard with a like weird dead smile watching her stepping out from his office and he just gives her the uh like a no 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 no. she she sees this she turns around uncrumples the sign and puts it back up and then turns around and he gives her the slow okay yeah his okay symbol like his hand in okay just slowly elevates into the shot yeah to which she responds likewise yeah so what you haven't seen as much is Mehmet's response which is a very angry uh face with her okay sign rising and then a sudden zoom in on her eyes like she is the bride seeing an enemy in Kill Bill and do we have to assume (laughs) that she was able to stick that notice back up because it was covered with her snot yeah I guess stuck up there with snot yep Mm, it's not it's not no, no, Chris, it's not gross. It's okay. It's not <laughs> gross. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny how much of this episode, once you pointed it out, how much of this episode's humor does come from repeating the same thing over and over again, as if to fill time. Uh, almost as though. <laughs> if someone wants to do a fan cut of taking out all the repetitive shots and any still that lasts for more than, like, three seconds, I'd like to see how long this thing would be. After Mehmet has put back up the sign, we see Usagi, Chibiusa, and Hotaru arriving at the, uh, at the arena, and that is our act break. <laughs> Sailor Business is supported by our listeners on Patreon. Uh, if you would like to become one of them, you can head over to patreon.com slash sailorbusiness, and you can kick in as little as a dollar every month. Uh, you're charged at the first of the month for that, and uh, it really does help us out. There are higher levels, of course. Uh, you get some bonus audio at uh, $5. For $15 a month, you can get a pin uh, that everybody, uh, I believe should have them by now. If you were a $15, unless you're like a brand new $15 backer and we don't know who you are yet, everyone should have their pins. So if you're going to conventions, this convention season, put your pin on, uh, it's really cool. It's a a tennis ball sailor moon designed by Katie Donnelly. You can actually see it on the, uh, Patreon page if you haven't been there yet. And, uh, we definitely appreciate your support. And, uh, you did want to mention, I know you mentioned last time, that if, if people want either if people want to get the pin, they can always up their pledge to the 15, and you don't have to stay there forever. No, you can if you only want the pin, uh, you can just do a, a $15 pledge for your first month and then drop it back or or cancel it. We hope you don't, but uh, uh, there's no commitment other than than just that first month. You can drop it at any time. You can change it at any time. You can raise it at any time if you want to. Uh, but we absolutely appreciate uh, everyone doing that. Uh, we only have one patron to thank today uh, because it has only been a minute since our last recording. So uh, we would like to thank Guillaume Berube. Thank you very much, Guillaume. 
And uh, I should say, we're less than $40 away from our next uh, milestone goal, yeah. which is Jordan and Allison doing some songs inspired by uh, Sailor Business and Xena Warrior Princess. Uh, we're at, we're like thirty eight dollars away. We could we could hit that today with a couple of uh, of good pledges, and then you have to do some work. I've been thinking about switching to. I had said I was going to do the transformation po- songs for Uranus and Neptune, but I've recently been thinking of doing a Maiden's Policy instead because I just love that song. It's a good song. So we'll see. We'll see. Beyond that goal at uh, twelve fifty, we've got. Uh, me doing streams, uh, Motoki's Game Corner, the often promised uh, video game segment, uh, streams of Sailor Moon Another Story, the side-scrolling beat-em-ups for the Super NES, uh, the Xena games that I've been able to track down. There's one for N64, but I haven't been able to find it. Uh, but I do have the Game Boy game for Xena, which is I've played about five minutes of and is bonkers. <laughs> uh, so if we make it to 1250, I'll be doing streams on Twitch of those. Uh, and then at 1400, that's our current top goal. Uh, James D'Amato of the One Shot and Campaign podcast is going to be running a, uh, a a bit of the Hercules and Xena role playing game with uh, me and Allison as Gabrielle and Xena, which should be super fun. Very achievable goals. Uh, and you can always, if you have ideas for goals, if you have stuff that you want to see from the Sailor Business Patreon, you can let us know by getting in touch on the Patreon page, by emailing, even tweeting at us. We uh, we listen to all that stuff. Jordan. Yes. We answered some Twitter questions before. We did. Those are lost to the ages. Is that how it is? That's how it is. That's so sad. It is sad. We're, we're all very heartbroken about it. But I don't want to answer the same questions again. <laughs> You could put up those questions and the responses. Granted, I won't be in it, but you could yeah. throw those up for Patreon. Yeah, that's true. That would be good. That is true. Uh, but yeah, so do we have any other questions that sure we could maybe we get through pretty quickly? Always. Oh, look, listen to you rushing. Yep. What are you in such a hurry for? Why am I in such a hurry? Well, because we've already done this entire episode, <laughs> it turns out. So so you should like this. This is the new part. This is the exciting part. You should want this to last as long as possible. Actually, I just want to not be <laughs> here anymore. Wow. You see how much Chris thing. hates us? Yeah. Pe- people know. Okay, people great. I'm sure they can hear my crying in the background. <laughs> Dominic Bowers Mason asks, what are your personal theories on how Tokyo reacts to the Sailor Scouts? Do you think, I'm sorry, do they think their enemies are supernatural? Etc. That's we well. I mean, they clearly know enough about the Sailor Scouts that they make they, like the Sailor V movie had Mercury and Mars in it. Yeah, yeah, they have merch for sure. They have merch, so they clearly know that stuff. I mean, I I don't know. Like, I would really like to see the show be like, yeah, monsters are exist. That's a thing. But I, I mean, I guess I would. They would probably assume they were supernatural, right? Jordan, can we have one more Twitter question because we've been here for four hours? <laughs> almost, almost four hours. Yes, of course we can. Uh, David Katzen asks, which Sailor Senshi would be talented enough to play themselves in the stage shows? What about playing each other? Only Venus. <laughs> well, what about what about Mars? Mars would think she's talented enough. Yeah. Oh, slam. I would love to see the there's no, there isn't really a body swap episode in Sailor at least as yet. Like that's such a classic like superhero story plot and like sentai plot. 
I would love to see a, a body swap episode with the scouts having to be each other. I think that would be so fun. Well, I mean, Minako did a great yes. uh, stint as Sailor Moon. Right. Yeah, she was Party City Sailor Moon. Yeah. She could play Sailor Moon in a, in a stage show. There you go. Yeah. That would be very funny, if, uh, especially in a Pretty Guardian where uh, Minako is an idol. So she could be, uh, she could play uh, Sailor Moon in a in a uh, stage show. I think that would be delightful. Hopefully, not the stage show where they had the big doll heads. Uh, no, that would be even better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that that's it. This episode's so short. It's it for the act break, everybody. S for sports. Yeah, that's right. That's a bit we hadn't done in a while. And we S had a real sports. debate over what the S should stand for. Sports. When we get back to the arena, uh, we notice that there are three other people in attendance. That's right. It's X-Force. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's Sailor Neptune, Sailor Pluto, and the winds of Uranus <laughs> uh, sitting in the stands just watching stuff. And you might think, like, well, it's been a few episodes since we've seen them transform and do anything useful. Don't get your hopes up. They're, they are say they say something like, I was thinking, like, this guy's really good, so maybe he's got a pure heart that someone will steal. It was weird, because, yeah, they say he he might be a target, so it's not even they know he's going to be one. No, they're guessing. Just guessing right. Yeah. An athlete of his caliber. He might be a target. Uh, also, oh, here comes Chibiusa, so we're probably in the right place. <laughs> uh, so Chibiusa comes up, and they... Uh, and Chibiusa's alone. Why do they like her? What do you mean, why do they like her? Not everyone hates children like you do, Jordan. I like children in real life, but this is an annoying child in the show. Uh, I mean, like, why would they not like her? Because she's just some kid. Like, what do they care? Well, I mean, they know that she's Sailor Chibi Moon. I guess that's true. Yeah, and Pluto likes her. Yeah, I don't know why. Because she's Pluto's her, she's her only her, friend. She's her 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 long lost lover's daughter. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Not really long lost lover. You know what? I don't. We don't have the time okay. to get into that one. Uh, so they're like uh, X Force is like, "Hey, uh, Chibiusa, are you here alone?" And the reason they're asking that is because Chibi has gone into the stands, which is where you would sit if you were going to watch something. We then show Usagi and Hotaru on the field running away from the security guards. <laughs> and Usagi is dragging Hotaru by the hand, dragging this sickly child prone to fainting. <laughs> this sickly goth teen uh, by the hand across yeah. the field. It's pretty funny. I was really hoping that... Uh, Hotaru, because the first time we see it, it's hard to tell if she's running or if she's just being pulled. And I was really thinking that Hotaru was going to be passed out, and Usagi was just like, "Wee!" just dragging her. <laughs> so then we get these, This, I mean, this is again, this is where the show starts going completely bonkers again. Uh, the three security guards, all dressed in matching outfits, have whistles in their mouths. And the whistles, <laughs> they use the whistles to communicate instead of talking. Like, they just blow whistles after them. Burp, 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 burp. And then, like, when they're sternly looking at the girls, they're like, burp, 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 burp. And, like, that they, they do it in, like, time with their marching. 
it is with their shaking their heads. It's so weird. Uh, in the dub, which they still they do that in the dub too for the most part. They do have them yelling like "Get them after them," but in the dub they have Usagi being like, uh, "One thing is for sure. One thing for sure is I don't speak whistle." So strange. And then it gets even weirder. Yes. They finally run into Hayase. And he like parts the sea of <laughs> the security guards so that he can talk to Hotaru at last. Being really right. nice. So he's there. He's being nice to her. He's like, hey, so uh, you want something? What's up? She's got the letter in her hand. Yeah. And she kind of like f- has a little shyness freak out and does not give him her letter. Oh, you should describe uh, Usagi too. Oh, uh, so we see uh, Hotaru and Hayase standing and they're super backlit. So like, it's just like a white background. But that's like a romance trope, isn't it? Uh, I mean, kind of. Yeah, kind of. But then the bright white light fades out, and Usagi is like leaning into her ear, being like, "Give me your letter. Give me your letter. <laughs> letter time. Let's do this." Worm tongue. <laughs> yes, yeah, she's really, she's really worm tonguing him. <laughs> and Chibi is uh, waving her monogrammed fans and doing like cheerleading Hotaru from the stands. Yeah, it's super weird. It's a little weird. No, it's super weird. It's a little odd. It's a shade unusual. So she's, yeah. So you've got Usagi whispering, Chibi cheering, uh, Hutaru freaking out, a uh, nice guy smiling. Uh, all, of the, <laughs> all of the security guards start cleaning their glasses to look away, I guess. To g- give them a little bit of privacy. It's a big dramatic moment. And then she decides not to give him the letter. Yeah, she's, she's just too shy. Which bums out, uh, Chibi falls over. Yeah. It destroyed her. But even more upset is Mimet, who is uh, standing at the side of the field, and she is like, hey, I followed the rules. I put that sign back up that I blew my nose on. Uh, (laughs) How dare these children go and uh, bum rush Hayase when I should have been stealing his pure heart? So she whips off her trench coat and pops open the uh, the diamond box. And we we talked earlier. We speculated mm-hmm. yeah, that yeah, this would yeah. be a very sportsy diamond, right? Because yeah, there's yeah. so much it could be. He's a high jumper. He's into track and field, like decathlon. You could have a decathlon monster with like a, ooh, a discus or, or a javelin. I mean, we've or, already had a shoe. We had a shoe. We had a sexy shoe lady. Did we have a, a line drawing monster? I feel like we did. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. But they really pulled it out in this one. I, I got to say, credit where credit is due. Uh, they really did capture what it means to be sports with uh, this hermit crab monster. With a backwards <laughs> cap. This sexy hermit crab with a backwards cap and a cool haircut and a band-aid. Sexy, uh, sexy Left Eye Lopez. Well, yeah, when you call her a a sexy hermit crab, that makes it a little bit sound disgusting. I mean, she's a a woman. She's a a lady with a hermit crab shell. Yes, it's just a shell. Yes, yeah. The addition of the shell. Basically a female version of Slowbro, the evolution. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is her Dead cap accurate. 
Is her cap held on by an elastic? Maybe? It looks like it is. Yeah, maybe. Because she runs so fast. Oh, okay. That's a weird thing to draw on. That's a thing you would need in live action that you do not need in animation. Maybe it's a sweatband? No, it's because it's just like a thin, like a rubber band going down around her chin. Yeah. Like like it's a party hat. (laughs) This monster is very tough to figure out because uh, she also is rolling a like she produces a giant ball that looks like a katamari it's like we we it's it's hard to tell what this ball is and what it is meant to represent because it's just like a ball made of red squares yeah it it, it does it looks like paper mache i think is what you said last time or, or yeah. maybe I think Vanessa said that. Vanessa, yeah. I'm sorry. It's so weird. So, yeah, it's very, very strange and unusual. So she starts running across the field, pushing this ball, and she's running fast enough that it sets the field on fire. Uh, and Hotaru's letter burns in the fire. Uh, and Hotaru is very upset. So Usagi pulls uh, Hotaru to safety, then leaves her there so that she can transform into Sailor Moon. And Hotaru like, is essentially unconscious at this yeah, point. Yeah, she's just like a pile of girl. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't... Like, it doesn't even make sense. Like, why is she... What happened to her? I mean, I understand she's probably nervous because a monster just has showed up. But that doesn't necessarily have to make her fall over dead. And it does. Okay. Yeah. As I said in the last one, it's because she was shell-shocked. Oh, Ugh, we could have we could have left that one on the cutting room floor. <laughs> no, it needed to be known. Mm. You, you needed to have your, your shame for the rest of the world to hear. Uh, Usagi transforms yes, into Sailor yeah. Moon, and the monster's name is Undokai. Oh yes, which apparently means um, track meet. Yeah. Uh, so Undokai rolls Hayase across the field, which led us to do some hermit crab research that was inconclusive. So if you know some hermit crab facts, get in touch. Yeah, yeah. Why do they roll things? Like we 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 couldn't really find any for sure stuff, but we did learn that there are hermit crab conventions, and Chris says he's going to go to one and do a podcast from there. If it's close, <laughs> if it's in, literally, if it is in the town where I live, I will drop by. How about that? Okay. Ndokai rolls Hayase across the field and goes to suck out his pure heart. Because, you know, everybody just got pure hearts. With a kissy, kissy scene where, where she keeps trying to thrust her, her, her smooching mouth uh, towards him. And he keeps turning his head going, no, no, no way. No, she's no, too scared. No, thank you. no. That yes, was too the scary. most upsetting way you could have possibly described the scene. <laughs> Thrusting her smooching mouth. <laughs> Do you not like kisses, Chris? Uh, <laughs> not anymore. Yeah, I, I, I used to when I was when I wore a younger man's clothes. So Sailor Moon shows up and uh, says it's unsportsmanlike to steal someone's dream to jump higher than anyone else, which I love because it's once again uh, Usagi's vague understanding of what things are. <laughs> He like, just wants to jump high. Leave him alone. <laughs> like, that is so... Re- and it also is anyone, anyone's dream. So what if... what if? I mean, in a, in a sense, uh, our athlete friend destroys those dreams all the time by jumping higher than everyone else. Yeah, Usagi is <laughs> uh, not thinking these through, I think is the way to say it. <laughs> So she does her pose, and then it turns out that uh, uh, 
uh, Chibi has also transformed into standing next to her. So when Sailor Moon is like, in the name of the moon, I'll punish you, uh, Chibi shows up and goes, and I'm her trainee. <laughs> and Usagi, you know, her mom, leans down and goes, I don't need you. <laughs> Which is also amazing. Great parent advice. Oh, I hope, I hope you're picking up. I hope you're writing things down, Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Tell Darian I do not need him. Check. <laughs> yeah. Check. Done. Ndokai attacks uh, the Usagis, Los Dos Usagis, <laughs> and uh, ties them together with a ribbon to make them have a three-legged race. He, he makes them do a three-legged race, and they immediately fall over. Immediately. I mean, it shouldn't be that shocking. They fall over when their legs aren't tied together, but they just, right off the bat, boom. I think this is the weakest monster attack ever. Yeah. Well, uh, it is, because y- you'll see... Shortly, when they undo it, they just untie the rope. It's it's not – they don't even defeat the monster and then the rope disappears or anything. I don't think it's magically held on. It's just like she it's got a good a, knot a on ribbon. there. It's, a, it's uh, a ribbon with a double knot and Yusagi's like, I don't know what to do, guys. <laughs> I can't move. I got a kid attached to my leg. Indokai gets the heart. She sucks the heart out of Hayase. And uh, runs away, and she she and Mehmet both actually pass Hotaru. Now Mehmet should know who Hotaru is. You'd think. You would. Think. Um, is that true? Like, we, I guess technically we've only ever seen Kaori acting as like maid to the Tomoes. Maybe Mehmet doesn't go upstairs. Other than that crossover with uh, Kaori, there's not much of the professor, including business with personal. Yeah. So Indokai actually stops and goes, hey, are you okay? If you're not feeling well, you should go to the infirmary. Which is amazing. You said only time a monster does that, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, I looked it up. She is the only diamond who expresses concern for a human being. And look what it gets her. A big fat walloping. Yes. She gets blasted uh you know uh hotaru looks up at her and her eyes are flashing red and then she explodes yes and uh sends undokai rocketing across the field in her shell yeah meanwhile x-force is just (laughs) posing and going wow that was so powerful should we maybe intervene here no they got it it's fine we're just gonna pose and hang out and watch and not do any sailor scout things or, or, or like, move it all. Only our mouths will move while we are uh, standing around in this very budget-conscious episode. <laughs> Which honestly may be part of the reason why they didn't have them transform. Well, no, because transformations are already animated. That saves money. No, but drawing them as the scouts. Oh, I suppose. So, then, as, uh, as Ndokai is looking out of her shell... Yeah, so Ndokai hid in the shell, and that is why Ndokai is still alive. Into her her vision appears a, a sideways Chibiusa. Sideways both to get into the shell and also because her leg is still tied to Usagi's. <laughs> sideways heart attack. Yep, and she shoots uh, like a little heart attack. her in the face inside her shell. <laughs> Which I like funny. to picture that all the hearts are just ricocheting in there, so it's like double, triple attack. Ooh, Nice. And I love that she is doing the pose, but has just, you know, rotated 90 degrees. <laughs> like, the full pose is happening. It's pretty funny. So Usagi unties the uh, the ribbon, uses crisis makeup to turn into Super Sailor Moon, and we get a quick bit of Rainbow Moon heartache to destroy the monster. Love, lovely. Uh, yeah, and then she dies. 
Yep. Is that it? That's the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah. And you confirm it is the shell itself that was the, the diamond. The shell itself was the diamond, yes. Which maybe they chose that because they just wanted that pink sugar heart attack within the shell so that she could also survive being blasted by Hutaru. Sure, but like, why did Tomoe choose it? It just makes no sense. He specifically is like, I heard you were doing an athlete. I got just the thing. Hermit crab. Something known for being yep. slow. <laughs> yeah, and yet is fast in this. So even though she doesn't have her letter, Hotaru wakes up and has a conversation with Hayase. And he's like, hey, you're a sickly child. I was also a sickly child. You should take it easy. But, you know, maybe one day you can be a super cool jumping guy like me. <laughs> And then it just ends with her watching TV of him. And all, the, and all the security guards cry a little bit uh, That's true. because they have just narrowly escaped being murdered by a monster. And uh, everyone has a real good time. It's a real feel good moment for everyone except us. Who yeah. are just very tired. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's weird how happy everybody is at the end of this because it's like, I mean, sure, I'm glad you're alive. I mean, you guys all did break in here illegally. Like, you shouldn't have. But we didn't kill you, so good. <laughs> uh, then we got back to uh, the Tomoe household, and I'm watching it now, and Hotaru is seriously watching an HDTV. Yeah. She's watching a flat screen wide TV. That's amazing. Holy shit. <laughs> yes. 1989. What? No way. Uh, I'm looking at an article from June 3rd. I'm sorry, June 4th, 1989, Japan begins broadcasts of high-definition TV, and this is the New York Times. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's a lot earlier than we thought. Good on them. Uh, so yeah, that's the end of the episode. Really, really feel good. Really, really nice to be listened to. So I just thought of maybe the reason she has the hermit crab shell is that I know there yeah. are hermit crab races. Huh. Because people paint their shells and then have them compete. So maybe that's a thing in Japan? Well, I just looked up Hermit Crab Racing Japan, and uh, there are some results. So maybe so. I unsolved the mystery. Or I solved the mystery. Sorry, I've been watching Unsolved Mysteries lately, so that's... (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that's the end of the episode. It's time for us to talk about what we've learned. It's time for Sailor Businesses. And Vanessa, we'll start with you. What did you learn from this week's episode? First of all, have better internet. And then secondly, if... You're going to become a parent. Uh, the best thing to do is to beat them up in front of guests and to tell them they're not needed. <laughs> Written it down. Good. <laughs> Jordan, what did you learn? Um, I learned a complex method of communication through only whistles. But I'm totally fluent in it now. So it's I'm going to be using it all next episode. Sound good? Yeah, that's uh, that'll be great recording. I look forward to it. How about you, Chris? I don't know. I had a real good one like 90 minutes ago. Oh. But <laughs> so it, bitter. It, it escapes me. Chris, I think you learned uh that even diamonds can can care about uh sickly children. <laughs> I learned that that sometimes if you're trying to feed the messiah hearts, you just got to get some twister in. Uh that's the episode. Uh this is, a, you know, one of the things that we talked about on our previous recording. This is the fillerist of filler episodes. Yeah. Like, 
it, it doesn't really advance anything. It's not a spotlight episode, so we don't really learn anything. We've already seen Hotaru's, like, magic powers, so that's not even new. But I think this one's fun and weird. And, and if you are if you are developing an affection for Mehmet the way we have, it is certainly worth watching. I think it's kind of a snooze. I don't think it's that good. It's got some moments of, like, complete absurdity that are kind of mind-blowing and make you go, what? But... It doesn't really add up to much. <laughs> Not a very good episode. Uh, Vanessa, how about you? Any final thoughts? Uh, no, I I think it has enough crazy moments that if you want to watch just some fillers, it's not the worst. But the real, like the plot is pretty weak. Yeah, very true. Very, very true. Uh, so I think that's going to do it. Uh, lots of fun Mamet stuff. Not as much weird stuff as we're going to get next week and not as much fun Mamet stuff as we're going to get in the next episode. Uh, which, who knows, maybe we'll record that one two or three times. <laughs> See what's up. Uh, Vanessa, before we get out of here for the day, can you tell everyone where to find you online should you wish to be found? Yes. Uh, go to anime-pulse.com where you can find my podcast, Script to Script, which I record with my boyfriend, where we read books and review the movies they're, they're based on, or watch the movies that are based on the books, whatever. Uh, it's been a long <laughs> day so far. Um, you can also find the episodes on iTunes under Anime Pulse. You can also find me at, on Twitter at AP underscore Vanessa underscore. Excellent. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Crackshot with a zero for an O. You can find Jake Mason, who is our producer, at JJ underscore Mason. He does other podcasts like Pokemon World Tour and Cool Kids Table and Pokemon World Tour United and The Morphin Grid. And Chris, how about you? You can find me on Twitter at the ISB, and you can, of course, go to the-isb.com to find links to the other podcasts that I do and to the columns that I write and to comic books that you can get online or at your local comic book store, including Sword Quest, uh, Ash vs. Army of Darkness, the 2017 All-New Guardians of the Galaxy Annual, all of which written with uh, my writing partner, Chad Bowers, and uh, also uh, Deadpool Bad Blood, co-written with Chad Bowers and uh, co-plotted with Rob Liefeld. Uh, the number one best-selling graphic novel of May 2017, Ooh. which I'm going to be saying for quite some time. So uh, if you don't have those yet, pick them up. That would be super awesome. Jordan did uh, the editing on Deadpool. And did you do the editing on The Guardians? Uh, uh, supervising editing. Was that? Yeah. So, so pick those up. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's. Oh, you can also find the show on Twitter at Sailor Business, and you can email the show at SailorBusinessPodcast at gmail.com with all your questions, comments, concerns, hermit crab information. Anything you want to send to us can go there. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode, but we will be back next week with uh, episode 118 Battle Inside the Demonic Space, The Sailor Guardian's Gamble. And until then, keep your mind on sailor business. I guess all the powers of the other three Sailor Scouts are stronger than ours. Those three? I don't know. They're sure a lot different from us. I'm sure that's why they act like we've got a plague and they don't want to get it.